Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. It's Heather here, and Mark and I are continuing our discussion on the parables of Jesus. Uh, We're going to be launching a six-week curriculum on the parables of Jesus from a first century perspective, and we're asking all of our friends out there to think about joining us in a cohort for that as we get this awesome curriculum out there. Lord willing, October the 1st is our a tentative launch date for that. So over the next few weeks, uh, we don't know how long, we're just going to go with it. We're going to be talking about some of those things from the parables curriculum that we hope will kind of wet your whistle, so to speak, and make you want to know more. So last week we talked about what is a parable. And this week we're going to kind of look at some of those parable hacks that we have all over the place in our curriculum. So Mark, are you ready for this conversation today? Yeah, totally. So first of all, I always use the word hacks when I'm teaching students scripture because it gives them like a shortcut to understanding a big hook that will help open up how they read a section of scripture. If you're uptight and you don't think hacks are okay and that you should always take the, you know, way of more work, then they can be parable keys for you. You know, I know we have some personality types that are like, I would never take a hack, but here's- and yeah. open the door yeah. of newness to Unlock my student. parable awesomeness. So. Okay, so uh, here's number one. Context is key. And yeah. what this means is whatever's happening directly before Jesus opens his mouth and tells a story yeah. in the Gospels, and a lot of times whatever's happening directly after, they're connected to what he's going to say. And so let's make mm-hmm. that real practical. If he's sitting in a room with uh, undesirable people and all of a sudden the Pharisees start complaining or grumbling that he would ever be with those people, and then Jesus says, hey, Simon, I have a story for you. You can bet what story is coming out is going to take dead aim at the heart that grumbles or complains um, at those religious leaders. So context is key. Ready for number two? Here's another parable hack. Yeah. Symmetry. And we talked about this one a little bit on the Mm. last episode, but this will get you by like 70% of the time. Uh, most Most of the time Jesus tells a parable. If you think of like a triangle, there's a God character on top, whether it's the father of the house, whether it's a vineyard owner, whether Mm -hmm. it's a field owner and he's going to hire laborers. That's the God character. And as you're helping students analyze who they are in the parable, they're not that one. (laughs) But how how they relate to that one is going to be what's so important. And so in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, you'll have the God character on top. And then beneath in symmetry, you'll have the Pharisee on one side and the tax collector on the other. And Jesus is going to play with who's righteous and who's not. Okay. And then other times there's symmetry, but you still have more than two characters beneath the the God character. So in the parable of the skilled laborer, there's 
all the average folks like us that pick grapes at, I don't know, a normal pace, whatever that is. And then they're on one side. And then on the other side is the extra skilled laborer that gets to chat with the boss in the cool of the day. And so there's symmetry, but it's not like a one person to one person. Right. 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 Yeah. There's always kind of a stark difference between the two characters, right? Like one owed a bonkers amount of money. One didn't owe as much money. One had a huge debt. One had a small debt. One worked super hard and, you know, had a big return on his talents. One buried his and didn't do anything with it, right? Like there's kind of always this stark difference between the characters in the story so that it's easy for the listeners to follow. Jesus doesn't like go around telling these parables that are like, wait, what? I mean, sometimes, right? Like the parable of the weeds is a little bit confusing and the disciples need a little bit more explanation. And there's always like another layer to Jesus's parables. But I feel like Jesus tells his parables in a way that anybody listening could understand. And anybody with a little bit more education would go, what? That's wild what he just said, right? Like he's saying so many things with so many different layers because he's such a great teacher. What you just said is really important though. And when you say someone with just a little bit more education, it's, it's not even that you need to have the insider knowledge of what all of the educated Jews around Jesus think and what he's going after. If you just know the cast of characters that there's God who has set Israel at the crossroads of civilization to represent his character. Mm -hmm. And there, there are the religious leaders who are trained in the text who make a lot more money mm-hmm. and who a lot of times view it as their job to manage the 99% yeah. people of the land and sure. the people of the land, the Amha Aretz, we've talked about them a lot. They're poor, they're hungry. They can't mm-hmm. afford to be ritually pure. Right. And the great gift that Jesus gives to them again and again is he'll set up this cemetery and then he'll introduce what I would say is a third parable hack. You ready? The absurd element. Yeah, the absurd element. Jesus' stories always have familiar characters. They're easy to map, but what no one expects and what will surprise you every time is that he flips who's righteous and who's not based on what's in their heart. So he always comes in with this absurd element, this left hook that no one saw coming where all of a sudden the Pharisee's heart is corrupt and bad and the poor peasant gets it right. Or the tax collector actually has a heart towards God internally that is righteous. And so he'll take this familiar cast of characters, but then he'll flip it with this absurd element that says something radically countercultural. To teach them, this is what God's really like. This is what it's really like to follow God. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're watching one of those movies and there's that character that shows up at the end of the movie that you're like, it was him? Right? Like, what? I mean, that's kind of the absurd element, right? It's like it totally comes out of left field. You weren't expecting it, but it ties the whole story together. Yeah. Think of the Good Samaritan with what you just said. The priest walks by, surely he'll do the right thing. The the Levite walks by, well, at least he'll do the right thing. Nope. Then comes the person you hate who you don't think could ever do something nice. And it's absurd. It's shocking. Yeah. Yeah, it is shocking because the Samaritan would never have. I mean, as soon as the listeners heard Samaritan, they would have went like they would have thrown up in their mouths. And then Jesus makes him the star of the show. Yeah. He makes him the guy that that did the right thing. And I'm sure the people were just like, what? You know, but again. Yeah. Jesus gets at the 
heart of things, not at the outwardness of a person. And so for that hack, discipline yourself like this, okay? If you haven't figured out how it's shocking, you haven't read it right. If you read a story and you're like, oh, yeah, I get it, normal, you didn't read the parable right. Go back and say, how is this punk rock and why? And then then you're on your way. Okay, friends? Yeah. Um, Here's one more. That's a great point. Oh, go ahead. That's a great point. I just love that because sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, I don't really drink it in for as awesome as it is. Yeah. Like, right? I'm a little distracted or I'm just kind of like getting on to the next thing. But man, there's so much awesomeness in there if I would just slow down and look for the absurd element, look for that right hook, look for the different little parable hacks that we're talking about. That's the importance of what you're doing though. And what we're trying to build Heather is that before, before I knew that there were a whole class of people that made up the vast majority of the population that were poor and looked down on like, and we're in a class that was considered unrighteous. And before I knew that there were jerk righteous people, I had no idea what to make of these stories. I couldn't map it in antiquity And so I couldn't really map it in modernity and it lost its shock. Mm. And Jesus stories will blow you away when you just know a handful of things. So, yeah. um, All right. Well, you did this one last time with us, but Mashal and Nimshal. Remember Mm -hmm. when you're looking at a parable, a Hebrew listener would have heard it as, and the rabbi told a Mashal, he told a comparison story and they Mm -hmm. knew, okay, this is a story that's going to like, if you heard him say, the kingdom of heaven is like this, or the kingdom of God is like this, or so it will be in the age to come. Uh, mm-hmm. Your ears would perk up and you would say, here comes a marshal. And you yeah. would know this story is meant to take things I understand and teach me right. things I don't understand about God. Because the wild thing was, and this is something that I didn't understand, was mm-hmm. that it's parables were, were not unique to Jesus. They were all over the place in the yeah. first century. And so- these people would have been used to hearing parables left and right. And Jesus probably would have told similar parables yep. to what other people were hearing, but he told them in a different way with his own awesome rabbinic spin on it. Right. And that's where that's where it becomes so beautiful, though, is that if you read a lot of rabbinic parables, like if you were to sit down and just plow through five of these things a day that aren't from Jesus, from yeah. the corpus of Jewish literature— what you would see coming up as a theme is merit and re- retribution. And mm. so it, you are blessed by God if you've showed religious merit through ritual purity. If you've checked all your boxes, mm-hmm. you've shown merit and you are blessed by God. And on the right. other hand, retribution. If you've ignored Torah and for them to sin isn't just to do something you shouldn't do. It's also to fail to do something that you should do, whether right. it's a festival or uh, washing, or these kinds of things, right? Ritual yeah. ritual symbols are very important in the Judaism of Jesus' day. And mm-hmm. he will again and again recenter you on the idea that your internal heart and posture towards God is what matters. And because mm-hmm. of that, he flips the entire idea of merit and retribution and instead says, God is generous. God is yeah. good. God is for you. God's like a parent should be. Mm-hmm. And then he would ultimately say that he was going to take the way down on our behalf for all the ways we have transgressed the law. And those are not normal things. So right. that's what he's using his parables to do. 
So yes, the story is similar, and the yeah. the the like genre, I guess, if you mm-hmm. remember that awful word from college, the, yeah. the genre of literature is the same. But like, what he's doing with it, I think he told a lot of marshals, and he hit his nimshaw like the mic drop line where, yeah. and so it is in the kingdom of heaven. The last shall be first. The first shall be last. I think he hit a lot of nimshaws, and the people of the land felt this immense joy. That like, oh yeah. my gosh, someone might, someone's actually fighting for us and you know, that's God really... might actually be good. And I think a lot of times he hit his nom- nimshal and the religious leaders were like, oh no, this yeah. is not good. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, re- I think, I think you're on point with that because I mean, it's interesting to me. I'm sure that Jesus valued the different laws of the Torah that talked about ritual purity mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, we don't ever see him not living a pure life in that way. No, you're right. But he flipped the lid on the Pharisees because they went too far in one direction. Yeah. Right? They were so concerned about the laws of ritual purity and, you know, oh gosh, don't don't break that little rule that could possibly break Torah that they yeah. They they tied up these heavy cumbersome loads on people, right? And yep. Jesus says you don't even offer a hand to help them. And so Jesus is saying, "Hey, look, yo, Here's the deal. You've really been all about a lot of the wrong things and you need to be more about love and mercy yeah. and sacrifice and caring for human beings. Have you ever had a kid, youth pastors, where um, they really do have some train wreck habits and you're like, they actually really need God's law to rein them in. Like mm. the way they're living is not okay. Sure. But the way in with them, like the way yeah. to their heart and their life change was to be able to look them in the eye and say, you know what? I think God really likes you. And I don't yeah. think you even know what's like possible. If if you you think right now that freedom is to just get to call your own shots and do whatever reckless thing you want, I think mm. freedom is to understand what God says leads to life and run that way as fast as you can. Amen and you that, will man. not like you won't get that moment if you're strapping laws to them all the time. Totally. You know, you're right. And that's, I think Jesus gave that gift to a lot of the people of the land. Like, oh no, no, no. God is immensely for you and with you. And now let's, now let's work on all that other stuff. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's perfect. I love that. I love that. What are there? Some of the other parable hacks that we see? Yeah. I got, I've got one more for us. Okay. The Mm -hmm. rule, the rule of three. And this isn't just a Jewish literature rule. This is like an ancient literature rule. Okay. Uh, cop's going to break down a, a door yeah. in, in the movies, right? He's going to hit the door two times yeah. and he's like, oh, my shoulder hurts so bad. But then he's going to rear back, hit right. it real yeah. hard, and it'll open on three, right? This, yeah. is, this is just ancient storytelling. Um, if, yeah. you, if you read Homer and two Greek like uh, bad mamma jammas slug it out, right? One throws the spear and misses. The other throws the spear and hits him, but it only wounds him. It's a, merely a flesh wound, right? Merely. And then the third one buries it in his chest cavity. It's like the rule of three. The third yeah. one is the haymaker punch every time. Totally. And they yeah. don't really deviate from that ever. And neither does Jewish storytelling. And so right. a lot of times in the parables, you'll have two examples that serve mm-hmm. as the setup to the third. Right. And so here's yeah. two quick examples of that. Yeah. One is the Good Samaritan 
you have the priest, right. the Levite, and it's like jab, jab, did the wrong thing. Yeah. And then haymaker punch is everyone expects that the peasant is going to show up and right. be good. And, and he's like, nope, it's the Samaritan who you think is just awful. Right. And that's yeah, the haymaker totally. punch rule of right. three. Um, one more, one more example would be. Uh, There's a lost, lost sheep, lost coin yeah. and lost son, right? Yeah. There you go. And the lost son is immensely more important, valuable and gets more space in the literature. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's what I got today. Parable hacks. Sweet. Parable hacks. So, hey, friends, we hope that you learned a thing or two about the parables of Jesus today. And we look forward to journeying with you in the weeks to come as we unpack a little bit more of the parables of Jesus from a first century context. And we just want to invite you to join our Facebook group as we're uh, really wanting to grow and journey with others in the Jewish roots of our faith and become better disciple makers. So join us over there on Facebook, First Century Youth Ministry. Check us out on firstcenturyyouthministry.com. We've got an upcoming youth workers only trip to Israel in August of 2022. So friend, if you want to go, get let us know and uh, we'll do whatever we can to help you get to Israel and walk the land and experience the land as if yeah. this, is, this is such a unique trip. Like you could take a trip to Israel, but this is an experience where you actually walk the land as if you were a first century Jewish disciple. I went on this trip with Walk the Story with John, uh, who is the, the founder of that, and it changed my life forever. And we want to change your life forever to youth pastor. So let us know if you're interested and we'll get you some information on it. So other than that, we are so glad you joined us for this episode and be on the lookout for our parables curriculum and the cohort that's dropping October the 1st. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. See ya. Bye.